Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction. And free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome to this week's Snowcast. Uh, it's, it's a kind of reactionary podcast. We didn't have any last week. We didn't get around to record one. But um, Jesus, lads, last last 48 hours, last 24, 48 hours, by the time this comes out, uh, have meant that, look, we, we, we felt duty-bound to our listeners, to the country, and to the nation to go toward White Wines today, buy cans, and sit down in front of Zoom and drink those cans and talk about... Um, Ultimately, what is a decision that has put a lot of people out, a decision that is going to affect an awful lot of livelihoods, but also a decision that uh, uh, I don't know how uh, the other two guys on this podcast are going to think about it, but um, it's probably one that had to be made, but I think it raises an awful lot of questions of how we went from where we were a couple of weeks ago to making this decision this week. Um, I'm DJ Walsh, as usual, and I'm uh, joined by a smiling happy because he's drinking a can but we'll see how happy he is for the duration of this podcast oh and tab oh i'm off the crack with you if a hoax fisherman didn't fancy going to sea after a heavy night's drinking he would tie a pig to the ship's mast with its devil-like cloven feet the sheer mention of the word pig was taught to bring forth gales and storms only a brave captain would set sail unless he fancied a rasher sandwich grunt if you dare <laughs> <laughs> that's a little uh, for people who uh, have just uh, I don't know well, how am I going to say this I asked you how you were getting on are you okay yeah no just just uh, drinking a beautiful can here of Grunt by uh, Hope Brewery and uh, that's a little, little little story to have on the back of it there so uh I wasn't expecting that. You've really Neither was I, for fuck's sake. Yeah, it was good now. It was good. Uh, I, might, I, I might just click that and um, put out a little video with some, some background imagery just, just of that, that Was that too long for the title? Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Just grunt. Grunt. Yeah, I think there's like a 200 character limit on podcast titles. So I think uh, we might have to like write in shorthand or something, but we'll get there. Um, anyway, I'm good, yeah. I'm fucking flying it. Flying along there now. I have a can in my hand, can in my glass. I'm fucking looking forward to it now. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, sure fucking we'll talk we'll talk shite about um the pubs and and the decisions of the government. That'll be our Yeah. That'll be to, our chat tonight. I have to laugh because I literally was um Last week we were talking about, well, two weeks ago now, with John and Wayne, uh, which is a, a very good podcast and one that we've gotten brilliant feedback on. So if you missed it, lads, go back to, to the last episode, The Candy Shop, um, with, with Janice and Wayne Dunn of the Irish Beer Snob uh, podcast and blog. But listen, like, honest to God, um, 
we were talking in that podcast about how Point Watch has now basically become Pub Watch. And it was prophetic, really, wasn't it? Like, it, it's really uh, come out of nowhere, this announcement. Um, and as soon as the announcement was made that in Ireland, uh, the pubs, pubs that do not serve food that were due to open next Monday on the 20th of July are being pushed back now to the 10th of August, which you know, is five days notice to the publicans themselves. Uh, straight away, my brother, Ian, uh, fan favourite of the podcast, Ian Walsh, welcome to, welcome to this uh, episode of the Snowcast. Ian was on the blower to me straight away, like, uh, what do you think of this? And uh, I kind of said it to him. I was like, he was like, what's your opinion? We have a bit of text. And I was like, hold it for the podcast. I was like, yeah, coming on tomorrow night. So uh, uh, Ian is, I, he's loaded up with opinions and he's ready to, to shit those opinions all over your ears, lads. So Ian, how are you getting on? I'm like a fucking, I'm like a fucking pigeon by it that hasn't shit in a month. I'm ready to get it all over me tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fine, lads. Thanks for having me on. I've got the fucking grunt and pig and the shit and pigeon with me on the podcast, lads. It's going to be a good one, I'd say. It's going to be an interesting one. Um, a massive downgrade on the knowledge from last week. That's yeah, but, listen, like, what does your man in the WHO keep saying? Like, perfection is the uh, perfection is the enemy of doing something. So, uh, how have you been getting on? What's the crack with you? Uh, any any, any in, in interesting insights besides uh, the nitty-gritty of what the main topic of this week's podcast is? Um, the main insight, anyway, I have is I heard from the um, grapevine that Michal Martin had a massive bet on August 10th for Pint Watch. He delayed it by three weeks. He's, he's going up to Paddy Fowler on the 10th of August. He's cleaning the fuckers out of it. That's the, that was the story behind it. Michal is, a, Michal is a fan of the podcast, is he? Yeah. Heard that, yeah. I mean, Owen, we probably did say August 10th at some stage along the line. Like, so on one of the podcasts were probably right. So, uh, yeah, yeah, no, it definitely. What was the what was the initial date? Was it was August tenth? The yeah, that was the initial. Yeah, that was phase that four was, date. Yeah, that was original. Yeah, or uh, phase five. It was Yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah, that was stage. Oh yeah, what was that? That was, that was that was the original phase five, and then phase five and phase. Yeah, they brought it back to four. Phase then. three merged then, didn't they? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, yeah, they pulled it back. Yeah, I knew you had gotten too cocky, Darren. You fuck like. <laughs> There's yeah. no way. There's no way. It was never going to happen. I mean, but, Darren had gone back to like fucking the 20th of April there at one stage. Like, but, but at that stage, though, I was saying like it, 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 that was all caveated on the numbers being good. Caveat. You can't fucking. It's like Liverpool winning the league. It's an asterisk. Like, it. <laughs> <laughs> we're, not, we're not going down that fucking. Uh, we're definitely not going down that wormhole. Uh, but but it, like, it, it was all. Basically, if if the numbers continue to be good, the numbers haven't. Uh, they've started rising again, like the reproductive rate of the virus is going up and stuff like this. So ultimately, what it means is a half of pubs can't open when they were due to open um, at very short notice. They'll all have ordered stock and shit like that. Uh, so I suppose, Ian, like, first things first, first question on it all is, is first, firstly, yes or no, with a short synopsis, is this the right decision? No. For the simple reason is I'm actually going to a pub tomorrow night at 8 o'clock to watch the West Ham match. Yet there's hundreds and thousands or probably thousands of pubs in the country that can't open Monday because they can't sell nine euro worth of food. So you either, it's either close them all or open them all. It's, it's kind of very unfair on the small pubs like a lot of rural pubs are going to be floored by this thing, which is I'm, I'm assuming most of them have ordered back their stock. I know a few said that they'd wait after what was it, July 20th? Yeah. Regardless, but um, yeah, I think it's completely the wrong decision and I don't see how the logic behind keeping the pubs that can serve food, because a lot of the pubs that are serving food, it's still based to the pub, like it's not a restaurant, so I don't sure. see the logic that at nine euro Munch or whatever makes you um, immune to the coronavirus. So I mean, that's no no sense to me anyway. That's a very good point. And Michael Healy Ray, like, uh, is someone that I don't always agree with, but I fully agree with him. Today. He actually hit the nail on the head. Uh, do you do you think so? Would you rather that they closed all pubs, including the ones that serve food now? Or is no, it, but do you think they should all be opened and just the the but like. 
more strictly. But but it, would you feel safer sitting in a pub for two hours having a drink with family, friends, or would what's safer that are going to pennies where there was queues of hundred people and I think they were saying that in the one in Cork City or like there were three hundred people in the door at the time. Or a supermarket where there could be people on the top, yeah. Or would you rather a combined space and pub for two hours and have, or even if they increase the limits to three hours, like if you don't have enough in three hours in the pub, then cups and shit, like, you know, and if it was policed properly and if the pub is actually adhered to the guidelines, whatever. But like, I'd say, like, was fair enough the case arising, but would that not have more to do with the, with the, retail reopening and barbers and stuff and like with the pubs remaining short there's going to be more house parties and that's all the young people are going to be going to house parties like and so would that not drive the R number up further than if they open the pubs where people would be spread out more yeah look I, th- I think you're I think you're hitting on a lot of good points there um, and before we get into them in a bit more detail Owen I'm going to ask you the same question um, <clears throat> in, like just from a point of view, is it the right decision? And if so, or if not, why? Um, no, I like I, I I agree totally with Ian. Like I think it's, I think we've said all along that all of the decisions that should be made on in terms of the reopening of phases or the de-escalation of phases or whatever is all driven down to data. So. Yes, so the R number is going up now and has reached one. But where where are those figures coming from? Like are like you know they're contract tracing everyone that supposedly that they're you know getting these cases from. So like they're not releasing those figures of like were you in a restaurant? Is that where you got it? Is that was it in a pub situation there that you got the that you got coronavirus? Or was it maybe a house party that with a fucking load of people that you probably got the the virus out of like they're not releasing those figures and then they're just making kind of or they're not releasing that data and then they're just coming jumping on the jumping on the publicans then to make a decision just to close them without like giving an actual definite reason as to why they are closing them like you know so like yeah i definitely think that ian is right like it, it like especially that last point he made there in terms of like keeping the pubs closed, you probably will see people reactionary, especially coming into the August bank holiday weekend, going fucking having house parties all over the country. Um, and you'll probably will see an escalation of the R number or the, the number of cases because of that. Like, um, not saying now that the opening of pubs is a cure all for that, but like at least with a pub that you're policing the amount of people that you can come in. And if you're, offering table service even though the government hasn't published any guidelines for pubs for what pubs are meant to be doing when they do open but like if they did have kind of guidelines in place like i was at a pub uh a pub restaurant there uh last friday and like it was fantastic like we were in there like just seated at a table i got given out to for standing up and looking at the specials board they were like what are you doing you idiot like we'll read them out to you <laughs> So, uh, but like uh, in there, like, I'd say like, I don't know, it must've been maybe around, I don't know, maybe 12 people kind of in, in around my area, but like, w- like more than two meters space apart from each of those tables. And like, still like the atmosphere was great inside there. Like you could hear people chatting, uh, like the waitresses and stuff were coming down to the table, really attentive, like, you know, can I top up your pint? Of course you can top up my pint. Like, do you know, it was, I thought it was really, really good. Like, I, I, I had a great night out on Friday. Um, the guards came in and checked the fucking numbers on the on the, the bookings list or whatever with the, and were, like, talking to the manager and stuff. So, like, they were enforcing it. So, like, I don't know. Like, I think you're definitely just going to, like, I don't know, call people to have more and more house parties if you keep all the pubs closed. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, like, it's... The thing with the house parties is, um, I think uh, I feel completely, I feel conflicted on house parties because, like, there was obviously the famous the, vir- the one that went viral from Waterford. Um, yeah. 
where it, it just it was like a fucking one of those small clown cars where like you know yeah. how was there not many people in that size vehicle or building no they just kept coming out but at the same time then none of them looked like 18 year olds you know so there's that there's the, there's the case in Killarney where a heap of people including one person who went on public transport went down to Killarney was it 30 or 60 people or something I got you know, a significant number of people, one of whom had uh, COVID-19 going to Killarney to this house party um, and they all had a big massive house party in a house they rented to Killarney and one of them was positive and now, you know, we don't know how many um, cases that will spring. But at the same time too, I think Owen, you're, you're right in what you said that keeping the open in the pubs won't be a cure-all. It's, it's the trade-off as to like what impact will it have? We've seen like what impact opening nightclubs had where like, you know, one South Korean guy who was supposed to self-isolate didn't and went to a nightclub and ended up with like something crazy, like 2000 cases directly linked back to him uh, doing that when they reopened. We've seen pubs in other jurisdictions, you know, be hotbeds for the virus thriving. But that's like in an unrestricted opening. Um, I think we have to look at it um, look at green zones. The challenge with it being is, I heard like Tomas Ryan, the guy who's on uh, the National Public Health Emergency Team talking the other day about, um, you know, places like Waterford where ultimately community transmission of the virus hasn't been present for a long time now. And could you have them as a green area and then, you know, Dublin where the virus is rampant at the moment, could you have that as a red area where no one can leave a certain area of Dublin? But there's nothing stopping. And like, you know, I went to Tremor last night just to get some food, uh, kept social distance from everyone, wore a mask. But there were a lot of Dublin accents there. And it's a tricky one because you look at Wayne, who we spoke to two weeks ago. Wayne has a, York, a Yorkshire twang to his accent. So if you were in a pub and you heard Wayne speak, like, it would be very easy to assume that he's a tourist when he's not. He's an Irish person living in Navin, local to the area. So it's very easy to have this prejudice against, you know, look at these fuckers from Dublin down here. Now, there were a lot of them, so I would hazard a guess that, you know, the, 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 the big slew of Dublin accents that were heard in Tremor last night by me had come from Dublin because the weather was good and the caravan parks were back. But they're allowed, they're allowed to do that. Like they are, they are, but what I'm saying is, will they be stopped if all of a sudden the government saying no one can leave Dublin? Are they going to be Oh, yeah, sorry, sorry, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. that's what I'm saying. But the other thing as well is Waterford would be on a green list now. But if we've had a slew of Dublin people come down the last week or two, how long is it going to be on the green list? And how long will community transmission eventually be ultimately be suppressed? And that doesn't even take into account um, planes of people arriving from Florida, Texas, um, and these areas. But it would be it would be impossible to police that though, would it? Like having one county, like uh, red zone, whatever, and then just say nobody can leave that county. Yeah, how do you but, how do you close the roads and like how do you stop people from traveling like I, I don't I don't I don't know is it a case of closing the roads or anything but I think it's just um ultimately I think like straight away if pubs are open in Waterford and they're not open in Cork what are you going to do drive down to Waterford for the day drink a lot of pints and then drive back there would be people do that though but, you know what it would be like. Yeah, but a strong guard, like there's been a very strong guard of presence on the roads uh, the last couple of weeks. You know, I, it's very hard because we're, the thing is like, I, I'm looking at solutions in other countries where they've opened, like like Germany, where like you see a big massive spike and they shut that area down. But they have got adequately resourced police forces and they've got adequately yeah. resourced public health and stuff. So it's almost like we're trying to fucking, you know, we are a bit kind of putting band-aids on the fucking leaking water tower. Um, I I I think the next two weeks are dodge as fuck. Um, I'm really keeping an eye on the numbers and seeing where they're going. Um, but but like, ultimately, poor decisions at the top level of public health and political decisions, and also poor poor foresight. Um, on the part of the lobbyists, the Vintners Federation, the LVA, these guys. Like they pushed and pushed and pushed to get phase three pubs open. And a handful of those pubs acted the bollocks. And now pubs are an easy target. 
And the people who have suffered throughout all this when it comes to like the pubs opening and that are, as you touched on Ian earlier, the small rural pubs, your O'Shea's Bar and Waterfall, um, your small independent pub like Phil Grimes in Waterford that we love, J&K Welch's, these smaller pubs that were dependent on cop on and people to, to do the right thing. They've been let down and they, they've been collectively let down by the people of the country and they've been let down by the politicians and the public health advisors because they haven't got it right. Um, and, and it's blatantly obvious now that they haven't got it right because if they'd gotten it right, we'd be entering phase four on Monday. We wouldn't have a rise in our number that's trebled in the last month and we'd have effectively zero transmission of the virus like New Zealand had, you know. And, and But is that, is that, but you, you can't also say that that's down to the publicity up in like. No, but I'm not. But what I'm saying is, like, the pubs are the easy target. Um, yeah. The pubs are the easy target. And the pubs who, they're an easy target for a couple of reasons, but mainly because of the carry-on of Temple Bar at the start of this, which is fresh in everyone's minds. And as well because a handful of pubs uh, simply didn't abide by the guidelines when they reopened. Um, and all it takes is a few to spoil it for everyone else and especially when it comes to like public health concerns where like 1700 people have died um, and the country is like the entire country has suffered over the last four months um, and I'm so fucking pissed off at pubs that haven't complied because you know what the pubs that we champion the pubs that we love are the pubs that aren't being able to open aren't being able to function yeah. and, and, and that are going to really struggle to survive throughout this what do you think on? Um, yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I definitely think that, um, it's just so tough. I think like, as you said, I think Michael Healy Ray actually kind of fucking, uh, nailed it on the head there, Ron. Um, who the thunk it? Yeah. Um, I also agree with his climate change propositions. <laughs> <laughs> and to hell with the people. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, like, I don't know, there's just, like, loads of pubs out there that have, like, acted as uh, social gathering places for, like, the kind of retired population of Ireland for many years. And it's, you know, it's their actual meet-up place, and it's, you know, where they socialize. And I just, like, there's pubs out there that probably don't even feel like probably were social distancing before the fucking thing anyway like that only had one or two kind of customers yeah. coming in and out throughout the day anyway like you know and you know th- like there are probably places that the premises is bought like they've no rent or whatever on the thing like you know th- like it's those kind of pubs that i like i feel sorry for as well like that it's just like those kind of human interactions and uh yeah just those those pubs just are really really suffering and the the patrons of those pubs are really really suffering as well um and then and then just ultimately just how late the notice is this time around like um i think maybe we should move on to that now but like i i'm just i just think that's absolutely disgraceful how it's like five days beforehand where there's like places after like buying in like signs and PPE without any like guidance to have their bars stocked and you know all training and stuff done and they're they're doing their training like from the best of their ability of like you know what they you know following the kind of maybe shop advice or whatever but like they don't really know exactly what they're meant to be doing so like to pull it out from them this soon and extended by such a long time as well like another three weeks like as like there was a article i think today on the irish times and they're just like like our best selling months are gone like for those pubs like they're yeah. you know there's been like some really nice weekends and stuff that have gone and like the august bank holiday weekend like sure that's an absolute like cash cow for those pubs like you know um and like you know because you have your extra day as well for for people to be out and off work and stuff like that so yeah i just i don't know i feel so i i feel really sorry for them now like just because it's been so such late notice for them and um like just i think all the preparations that they've been putting in since and just how well tempered they've all been like they've like even today tully's and waterford released i had a post up on twitter or facebook or something and it was just like, listen, we're 
totally behind the public health advice. If it's deemed that it's still unsafe for us to open, then we are fully behind it and we fully appreciate that. But like, fucking give us a bit of notice. Like it's, you know, they obviously didn't say that, but like, you know, they are saying like, we should have been given a bit more notice than this, like, or even been like brought in on the conversation a bit more, like, you know, so. I, I tell you what. But like, if on, there's man. a pub next door, like as Owen said, Tully's in Waterford, if there's a, I don't know if there's a pub next door, but if there's a pub next door that could sell a nine euro burger and chips, they can open yeah. tonight, like, and have people in there drinking points, like, and we were in the pub last Sunday night, and we literally, he goes, you all have to get food, but you don't have to eat it. You can do it what you want. You can fuck out the window for all you want, but you just get nine hours food. So, like, like it's just, it's, there's no logic behind keeping the pubs open that store food and keeping the pubs that don't store food closed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you if, look you go, like... if you increase the time to three hours and just say, you're three hours in the pub, you're in your, no more, ta- no tables of six or less, that's it. And just, keep it segregated properly and like I don't see what the issue is how that would lead to more cases if the staff are um, using PP whatever and if there's two meters distance in every table how it could possibly spread if they're open I don't I just don't see how how that's the case like. yeah I think I think there's a couple of things there like you know I think you're dead fucking right with the, the phase three pubs that have opened staying open when every single pub that has flouted the guidelines falls into that category, and there's not a single pub that hasn't flouted that hasn't flouted the guidelines, that that you know, the, none of the pubs that are, are are closed have done anything wrong here. So to 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 be looking at pubs like that, that say you can do what you want, just order nine euro worth of food. We've all seen the Twitter fucking photos of you know a table of six people that ordered one bowl of nachos and twenty seven points. You know, that's that's fucking craziness, you know. Um, and I just think, yeah, it's again, it's punishing people who've done nothing wrong um, and appeasing people who have, uh, even though those people are in the minority. But I think as well, like, what's driving me mad is, is Owen oh, talked about the short notice now that these, that the guys who've done nothing wrong have gotten, right? And you've got all this fucking outpouring of sympathy, including us with this reaction podcast where we're giving an outpouring of sympathy to the go- those guys. But like, it's on the fucking government now. Like, sympathy isn't going to pay rent for these pubs. Sympathy is not going to pay the fucking workers' wages that they've missed out on. Sympathy is not going to pay for the refurbishments that they've had done to the fucking facilities so that they could open next Monday. So like, they need to fucking support the pubs that like are worth an awful lot of money to the Irish tourism trade, are worth an awful lot of money to the exchequer for people going to them and have a huge, a huge societal significance, especially in rural Ireland, where it is literally the fucking the 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 the, the center hub for the entire communities revolves around the GA club or the soccer club and the pub and they're they're co- like completely intrinsically linked. Um you know it's it, the government need to fucking step up now and really, really, really need to fucking support these guys. Like, you know, fair play, they've given pandemic unemployment payment to staff who've been put out. That's fine. But like, you know, there's there's announcements of all these subsidies like that, are, that, are, that ultimately are going to be fucking snatched up by subsidiaries of Apple, subsidiaries of McDonald's, subsidiaries of fucking Starbucks. Um, whereas what they need to be doing is they need to be going after independent um businesses like this and keeping them afloat because the banks have shown in the last few weeks like they're not going they're not supporting businesses or are people looking for mortgages or any of this unless until they get back to pre-covid levels of business and like pubs won't get back to pre-covid levels of business and um, that haven't opened yet because they want a tourism supporting it will just be the local business that they have so a chunk of their income is no longer coming like there's this massive massive fucking gaping hole that needs to be filled and my biggest, my biggest, biggest concern about all this is your smaller rural pubs will have to close, uh, which will mean that that property will become cheap. And then the fucking likes of your Weatherspoons and stuff will come in and get a heap of cheap pubs for pennies on the dollar. And we're stuck with a heap of Weatherspoons and the, the local family run pub is, is, is extinct. Mm. And nobody wants that. Like Nobody wants that. There's nothing worse than going to a part of the country or going into town and going to a pub that is the caricature version of the Irish pub. 
there's nothing worse. What we want is the authentic pub. You know what I mean? And and that's that's that like that needs to be supported because it they, they do give value for money to society because of the taxes that they pay, because of the fucking what did they, they generate revenue wise, and because of what did they contribute to society from a just from a social outlet point of view, you know, that's what this fucking podcast is is entirely mm. about. Um so I just think there's a big fucking onus now on the decision makers at the top table to support these guys. Because you know what, like you know, fucking uh, Copperface Jacks are not going to go out of business because of this Saturday, like, you know. Whereas fucking Tully's might. Yeah. You know, Tom Mars might. I tell you who else we haven't spoken about um, before that are going to be screwed over by this as well is the music venues that yeah. are like who support like local Irish um, indie bands or whatever are like. Like say the likes of like Wheelands and stuff, who are not like a huge music venue, but like are you know they are a music venue first and foremost, but make their mo- like make their money. They don't make the money off you paying fucking fifteen euro to go and see like some like you know some local Dublin band or whatever, but they make it off all the pints and stuff there. But like you know, like I saw I was reading the thing there today in the I think it's, is it the Manchester Evening News, but like. Gorilla is like this fucking savage spot um, in Manchester. And I just like, you know, like I saw um, it was Ash, the Northern Ireland band had put up and they were like this, like they're like, this is an absolute travesty. But like Gorilla is like closing its doors forever um, because of this, like, you know, so like there's, there's just so many people affected by it. And like, I don't know, there's just no plans in place as well. Like it's, it's too long now for, for no plans to be in place. Like at the start, we kind of gave everyone a bit of freedom and just been like, oh, look, we'll, we'll figure this out. We'll find our way around things. But now it's just, it's getting an absolute joke now that, that people, like even, the, like even just go back to the, the pubs that are opening up next Monday and they're there like, what the fuck are we doing? What, like, what were we meant to be doing? Like, we actually have no idea what we're meant to be doing. We're, we're like, you know, they're, they're trying to, do the kind of suppose the same uh protocols as the as the like the restaurant guidelines but like mom's if it's just a bar that just has a like just has a fucking bar that you sit up at like what what do you do then like what like there's no guidance on them like you know how far away does the barman have to be like do you you stand up off your stool when the barman's going to the the taps or what what's the protocol there like it's 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 really fucking impossible. But I tell you what, like Ian, you made a great point earlier. Um, like ultimately, their capacity is there to create an environment for pubs to be safe to be in, um, and and the, the the capacity is there to have real control. Um, and I think, as Owen, you said, and and like the figures are there. The Gardaí have done a phenomenal amount of um, of 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 checks and and checkpoints and all that over the last couple of weeks. So I do look at it and I do think, like, as you said, Ian, the likes of pennies and that, uh, the phase three pubs um, staying open and, 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 and all these pubs not staying open now. I, uh, like, where are we going with all this? Like, what's the plan? What's the strategy? Um, the, 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 the announcements made in the broader sense, uh, like, just completely smacked to me of, of, of pure stagnant, um, not doing anything. And the situation is worsening and we're just going to continue with the same as what we've had. Um, and like, I was Einstein's theory of madness, uh, continuing to do the same thing over and over and you'll get the same results. Yeah. Like, like we're literally staying in phase three and phase three has tripled the R value. And like, and I'm not advocating for opening the pubs because, you know, but what, what I think is like, my personal view is I think we should be biting the bullet, shut the whole place down for two weeks fucking you know how do you put like tourists coming in like set up those quarantine hotels like people who are saying that we can't afford to do all this like we are literally paying for uh, private hotels that are not being used until the end of the year anyway we've paid for them they're they're in the custody of the government um is it the clayton hotel or something in dublin or the clarion or one of those is actually in the possession of the government and not occupied at the moment uh we could have a quarantine hotel if we wanted to you know, but no would reason. you not um like bring in this like 
if you come off a plane from a uh, hotspot in Dublin Airport, it's as similar as snow if you were released on bail from prison or something, you get a tracking device put on you. Would would you not just put that on someone for two weeks, like and draw everyone oh your privacy in GDPR this shit. But sure there should be no privacy issue if you're supposed to be isolated for two weeks anyway, so just put on for two weeks. We'll put them. At the end of two weeks, local garage station comes down and take it off, yeah, and off away you go. You don't need to do that. Put them in a hotel. Put them in a hotel. Which, you're, you're, well, who's you're to say they won't leave the hotel? Like, you well, can't police the hotel 24 7, like, can you? You, can, you? Like, you don't need to police the hotel 24 7 every room. You just need to police the exits. Um, and you will have um, chefs employed who are going to be earning money and contributing to the exchequer with their wages. You're going to have staff employed. And test them. And the, the health expert said that you just need a test on day one, a test on day five, and that should be sufficient. So you only need to keep them in the hotel for five days, uh, from what Tomas Ryan was saying on, on the television last week. Um, and ultimately, as they've said, like there are parts of the country that have zero community transmission at the moment. Like we literally were on the cusp of being in a position where we could open the entire country up unrestricted if we had the proper. Uh, measures in place like if we invested the money invested the money in policing it and getting that in like the economy would pay for itself whereas actually the cost of not coming out of lockdown not coming out, not in, not coming out of the phases it, like that does have like a restrictive economic impact um, and we could make a very very smart investment in the next couple of weeks and shutting everything down for two weeks uh, and getting our ducks in a row in terms of testing tracing and putting people who come into the country in quarantine hotels and like it would be two weeks of hardship but it would have phenomenal impact on the outcome of the country in a month's time and if you just said to everyone like you know we're not just picking on the pubs who can't serve grub like nine as if a nine euro toasted sandwich is going to be like you know a super mask like oh the virus can't get into me because i'm holding the sandwich up to my face while while i chew um like, like if we take that bullshit out of it and if we fucking gave two hard weeks and I mean people like the country doesn't need to fully shut down like people can still go about their business but we just get the fucking ducks in a row for people coming into the country and do a proper contact trace and all this shit like test trace and follow up for two to three weeks August 10th we could open the full country up nearly again fully not unrestricted and just be fucking proactive go chase the virus down instead of letting it come here and fucking trying to react in you know uh and, and like it is the pubs that are suffering it is poor tom ryan there sitting sitting in phillies with his fucking hand on a tap he don't need be dying for us to come in on and sit up with the power wouldn't he oh definitely definitely right so right so Point watches back. What what what, what, what date are the phones opening? What is what is this, mate? Oh fucking hell! Oh stop! Are you going for the tenth of August? Uh, no, I don't know. Actually, I I'm 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 going back to being conservative now. I think uh, I've no fucking idea, man. I've no idea. Uh, the change of government has thrown a fucking spanner in the works as well. Yeah, different yeah. opinions now, like Paddy Power. Bet is void. Yeah. Fucking me, I'm at the fucking poker <laughs> bollocks. He'll, uh, come here, did you see the News Talk breakfast poll this morning on Twitter? No. No. They genuinely no. had a discussion about prohibition. They, they were being serious. They asked the question, should the sale of alcohol in supermarkets be banned and the pub shut down? What? As if, oh yeah, like there was a genuine conversation this morning on national radio in Ireland in 2020 about prohibition and about um, should we ban the sale of alcohol as if alcohol is the only reason for COVID-19. Jesus Christ. So, uh, probably the, it's probably the worst, it's the worst take in Irish history. Is what I, I was, was going to say, I was going to ask like, and, it's, and this, is, this is in a week of takes where like the black and hands, there was an article in the newspaper saying the black and hands are not that bad after all. Like that's, that's how bad a take this one is. Uh, I was going to ask your opinions on it, lads. Yeah, a bit there, will, there would be national riots if they introduced that. Owen. Oh, that's just ridiculous. Like, it's like the fucking the beer banner. <laughs> we, should, 
we should put a I, I actually uh, I'd love to get a little voice message or something off in lawyer now just to put in a two sentence reply to the temperance movement on behalf of the Irish history podcast. But we won't put we won't put Finn in that uh, in that position. Um, yeah, I've um, I've a I've I've a little question for you, right? So um so we've been talking a bit of negativity there for the last while, like you know. So I want to know: has there been any like positivity? Has there any, what what's like got you through the lockdown? What's has there been any like positive things? Um, I don't know. Does anyone have one? I have one off. I have one there. If you want to, if 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 I if I'll go first, will I? Fire away there, confused. Um, so there's a blog um, there. So I'm living up in Kilcullen and uh, there's a fella who does a blog um, on Kilcullen uh, called the Kilcullen Diary <laughs> and his name is Brian Byrne. He's this pensioner fella um, and he's worked for, I think he's worked for RTE, um, but <laughs> he does about, uh, about 40 uh, blog posts a week and uh, he has over... He has over five, I think it is about over five million um, blog views a year on this thing, right? So the, the Kill Call and Diary. Um, uh, but um, the posts are brilliant. Like, um, so he had one there today. Um, um, and it was um, a sign of someone's wasted time. And it's a picture of a sign um, that's on one of the walkways around the, around the town here um, that has been knocked over. And I'll just read you out the blog post. It's very quick here, but um, it's uh, this sign at the Valley Park upper entrance doesn't seem to have resonated with someone. It's one of those asking that it's one of those signs that asking that certain times be reserved for older and vulnerable people erected by the Kilcullen Community Action in cooperation with Kildare County Council as part of the fight against spread of coronavirus. It's likely not the action of a cocooner. So that's that was Brian's little um, take there, um, but he, he kind of gives ones of uh, like the weather and stuff every day. Um, but yeah, I'm getting a great laugh off um, each of the things. They're they're brilliant. Like it it, it kind of reminds me a bit of um, Have you seen the film uh, Hot Fuzz? Yeah. And uh, you know the way like the the premise of that is that uh, they're this like um, tidy towns group and that they're like murdering people over like. It being like, like trying to get a tidy town. Well, this is kind of a thing where like you can't do a thing in in this town without it being highlighted. <laughs> and it's so good every day. It's fucking amazing. You will be on tomorrow, no, or whenever. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You've been on it over lockdown, haven't you? Drunken louts. Uh, um, yeah, yeah. I actually was on it. Um, I, I actually, I, I was kind of half taking the piss, but I was suggesting a, um, a walking route around the town um, during the middle of it. I, I was saying that people should walk on um, the, the, the same side. What was it? Was it? Oh yeah, I think I suggested that people should walk on the same side of the road as the traffic is, you know, driving, like, so that, so that you wouldn't have crossover. I have the, I have the, I have the blog post there. A reader own tab is suggesting an <laughs> ad hoc one way walking system in Kilcut in the light of the new restrictions on taking exercise right Brian Byrne. <laughs> Incredible. That's our own tab. Oh man, I love it. He's, he's so passionate about ad hoc walking systems. I fucking love it. Do you like my little I, I put... views this year today? Uh, do you like my little my little picture on it as well? A little, little like Microsoft Paint. Oh yeah, I did a little Microsoft Paint job of of uh, trying to uh, do the, oh, the, yeah. the walking class. <laughs> <laughs> uh, listeners, you need to you need to get this visual. You need to get on. We'll make it the Owen. You you can uh, put, yeah. You can send this it on. episode on. Uh, yeah, it's my background anyway. It's my uh, desktop background, anyway. <laughs> Black screen, like. You know, what about what about you, DJ? Any 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 positivity? Um, no. What about Formula Formula One, twenty twenty? Well, Formula One on Formula One on the uh, on the PlayStation is the only positive positivity I've had. Um, no, actually, I've spent a good bit of time on the farm, which has been cool. Like, um, a farm farming is class, especially in lockdown because no one's on the roads to. to to be beeping at you when you're driving a tractor up the road and um, that's been pretty cool but um yeah i i kind of gave up an exercise there about six weeks ago so like not that either but um 
do you know what? Probably, probably doing this kind of shit and the virtual beer club and you know, you know, this kind of thing. Um, maintaining a type of connection that people uh, like. Jesus Christ! Imagine if we were during Spanish flu and there was no such thing as Zoom. You know, you would have you would not see anyone for weeks and months. Like you'd be going cracked all together. Uh, but yeah, it's I don't know. We've seen the best and the worst of the people uh, over the last few months, haven't we? You know, and it's been kind of it's been funny. Like and I I it, we might we, we might Jesus is trivial for me to say because thankfully touch wood I haven't lost anyone that I know to COVID nineteen. But you know, it's, is it one of those things that we laugh? about in a couple of years time you know the whole madness of it all pure madness uh, and when I say laugh about it I mean like just in disbelief as opposed to like haha wasn't it great about how morbid it all was but it just the disbelief that like for three or four months we literally couldn't fucking go anywhere or do anything and um, yeah I don't know like I highlight the highlights have been the virtual beer festivals I reckon I don't know what you think on like you went to one you you attended one like I've been to two or three of them uh they've, they've been huge highlights um yeah no I, I like yeah even like a few of the kind of like I cause I think it was given out about them on like one of the fucking last podcasts or whatever but like zoom the zoom quizzes were go crack like um yeah and Ian's uh he was undefeated in the family zoom quiz yeah they died they died very quickly though like after about six weeks laughing I was like, off at the zoom yeah I, I think uh, it was at like when phase one or two or whatever that one when that one released it was just like they all just plummeted then like yeah people were when people were able to go into another person's house or something it was just fucking oh no it wasn't even that it was even when when people were able to meet outside it was that one it yeah. was just like it absolutely just it's plummeted a person. yeah um, but I oh, know I fucking I, I really liked them and like we had uh, like it was, it's funny like because we were like we were doing quizzes and like chatting with people in the UK and stuff like that that like you wouldn't even be chatting to anyway do you know you'd only probably meet them once or twice a year and yeah. it, was, it, was, it was actually great like that like you're there kind of nearly on a weekly or two weekly basis like chatting with these people so but now sure like it's just gone back <laughs> you just forget exactly <laughs> Forget their, your Never forget your friendship. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? You know, do you have any, anything? Um, I said the only thing I think of is that I started actually reading a lot more. Yeah. During lockdown, oh, I say I hadn't read a book in um in a few years. To be fair, years. <laughs> <laughs> Allegedly, but uh, no, I. This is handy. I just don't know them one day. The old phone there when you're in bed there you read for half an hour to an hour and get through a few books there every month and it's better than what I I kinda got sick of drawing just sitting in my bed so I'm going to bed there eleven o'clock and watching Netflix for an hour just watching oh, actually I have a book recommendation for you. I think you'll right. like it. It's um the it's the biography of the guy who invented Nike. It's called Shoe Dog. Oh yeah, Phil Nice. Phil Knight, shoe dog, yeah, it's fucking class, man. So good. I'm, I'm about halfway or three quarters of the way through, and it's so like should, re- really well written. Full Gump. Educated by uh, her name is Tara Westover. It's a memoir of um this girl. She was born into a Mormon family, and it just goes through her like upbringing and stuff, and like how so just insane her life was, and she like eventually graduated from. BYU to College of America, Cambridge. I think she went to Harvard. It's a, a crazy story. Who's is it? The is it the Mormons? No, it's not the Mormons. It's the is it the Amish that like uh, they give them that like one year off or something like that, and they can go absolutely insane, and they can go back to Amish. being very cons- go back to being very conservative. No, I think having a clue. I look it up. I look it up after. I'll put it in the show notes. Put it in the show notes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, actually, Owen, your um, your 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 reading of Grunt really fucking threw me off. I forgot to ask you, lads. Ian, what are you drinking tonight? Um, I started with um, um, you actually gave me both cans. I think so. Shout out You're to right. you. Um, all in start from Kinnegar. It lived up to expectations. I'm sure all the listeners have heard about it now. The last probably 27 episodes. So, yeah, it was incredible. 
And the second can I drank was the milkshake IPA peaches and cream from the White Hag Brewing Company. And the bits in it at the start gave me a bit of a kind of, Jesus Christ, what am I drinking here? But yeah, it was actually unbelievable as well. Really easy to pour them, really easy to drink from. You could see yourself drinking six, seven of them on a Sunday evening, not a bother with a bit of sun, bit of World Cup action going on. With a nine euro panini in your... <laughs> Yeah, mm. nine euro panini, no, and then Corona free because of the panini. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you're on the Grunt one, yeah? Yeah, I'm on uh, Grunt by uh, Hope Brewery. Uh, it's a citrusy wheat beer. Um, and it, yeah, it's nice. Um, yeah, it's really fucking easy to drink as well. Like, um, wouldn't would normally be into like wheat beers and stuff, but um, yeah, no, it's it's quite light. Like, brilliant, yeah. And I, I had um, just when we were kicking off there at the start, I had a cup back New England session IPA by by the local brewery in Sligo there. Um, quite a hazy, light, light, lovely little uh, session IPA to kick me off. Um, and it, it led me on nicely, like a few few kind of hoppy tropical aromas before uh, I went I went and got myself a Black's Brewery trop, uh, Totally Tropical IPA. I think we touched upon it last week. Pineapple and Mango Tropical IPA, 5%. It's a fucking scorch of a day here in the Southeast. Um, and this is a fruity, juicy, fucking absolute dinger of a, of, of a pale ale. Um, and it's, it's, it's a mango and pineapple, but it's, it's like heavy pineapple in the finish. So if you don't like pineapple in your beer, Fuck uh, off. Drink this, <laughs> but if you're a pineapple fan like I am, uh, it's absolutely gorgeous. It's fucking... What about on your pizza? Uh, don't mind it. I'm not... Yeah, don't sure. mind it, yeah. Yeah, pineapple on pizza is I mean, good. You're talking, well, not the good, but it's, it's acceptable, yeah. You're talking to two lads there that have... Um, that, that that have barbecue pizza in their day, so like you know, we're not going to get fussy. Uh, speaking of pizza, I'll give a shout out to Bardo Pizza there in Tremor. And um, went for a spin to Tremor last night. They were opening up. They, they opened up just before lockdown, so it was an unfortunate time for them to open. And uh, last night was their first night reopening, and the Bowsies gave all the proceeds to Tremor Wheels on Meals on Wheels. Uh, Tremor Meals on Wheels. So a fair fucking play to them. That was brilliant. So. Uh, we got we got a pizza there and uh, it's fucking delicious man. So if you're in tomorrow, if you're in the southeast, check out Bardo Pizza, uh, small little cool gaff wood fire pizzas there. Um, <laughs> oh, 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 and you went you went for a, a pint and a meal there last week as well. You were saying, um, tell me this right from your experience of drinking cans over the last few months, how much of a difference was there when you had a pint of draft for the first time in ages? Uh, it was it was totally different. Like it was. It's just the whole experience of like just like leaving your like it, it was a point of Guinness now, so it was just like leaving the point settle. Like the whole experience of the waitress coming down, asked me how you, how I was. Like she had a full mask on, and I like I really appreciate the whole fucking all the, all the uh, precautions that they were taking and stuff. And in fairness, like even though they were wearing masks and stuff, like they were still fucking having a crack with you and um just full of chat so um came down really attentive to my pinting needs um and yeah the sip of guinness was unbelievable yeah so i i don't know would you say the guinness would be like really really good now like with all the i say all the the taps that have been fucking uncleaned for years have now gotten a fresh clean so you're going to get kind of fresh guinness for the next while yeah, you have clean taps. Yeah, yeah. Ian, what about you? You've had a couple of pints uh, over the last couple of over the last two or three weeks. Uh, big difference from drinking the cans. Oh yeah, like can of Guinness to a draft Guinness is fucking apples and oranges. Like it's the first sip was absolutely unbelievable. Like there's no comparison. The actually the only drink I drank so far is in Guinness is like like fair enough draft beer or whatever like. You can fucking, so you can replicate in a bottle or a can, like fairly close, but I got a stout just different out of a can. And, and Ian, what, what, an absolute treat. Ian, and what do you prefer, an apple or an orange? What's? Oh, fuck it. No. An apple, I'd say. Yeah, but no, yeah. fucking, um, 
pink lady there. Yeah, pink a bit more consistency, the isn't there? A bit more consistency in the apples, yeah. like. I think apple's more convenient, but orange is better. Yeah. Yeah, no, no. I a hate good orange. A good orange is better than a good apple. Yeah, but, but a bad orange is worse than a bad apple. But bad orange ruins are weak. <laughs> yeah. And you're more likely to get a bad orange than a bad apple. But, yeah, that was a good old chat. I think, look, we got stuck into the pubs. Uh, it's it's a funny one. There was a bit of serious chat there. Like, it's hard to be lighthearted about fucking the hardship the pubs are going through at the moment. So, I'd, uh, uh, it was great. I think uh, we were all quite opinion on it, opinionated on it there. Um, Owen, any part words for the listeners? Um... Fuck the Green Party. <laughs> <laughs> the way things are right now, I go along with that. Listeners, <laughs> there's your fucking title. Yeah, yeah, title of the episode. Damon Ryan is a stooge in the south. <laughs> and uh, lads, you know the story here. If you can, <laughs> if you, if you, if you're local. Uh, places doing any anything for penny meals, penny dinners, meals and wheels, food banks. Uh, sure, give them a shout out. Give them, give them a few pound. Give them a few tins of beans or a few packs of biscuits or whatever's going. And um, listen, thanks a million for being with us this week. Follow us on the social medias and Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, for Snowcast and all them. Uh, recommend us to your friends and recommend the cans that we recommend to your friends because let's keep the fucking independent breweries of Ireland going. They deserve it, and we don't deserve them because we don't give them enough business. Uh, that's all for this week. Uh, we have some cool guests lined up next week. Actually, before we go, I want to give a shout out uh, just before we came on. I, uh, I was guest on a podcast that's going to be out tomorrow. Uh, hopefully we'll get this out tomorrow as well. This is Thursday, the 16th of July. It's uh, the, an Irish Simpsons chat show, which is a show uh, where you get a really cool podcast. I listened to the back catalogue this week to catch up before I was on it as a guest. And uh, we get to talk about an episode of Simpsons that you like in your favorite Simpsons character. And a, uh, I swear, earlier on in the week, I texted Keen, the host, to say that I wanted to do uh, season eight, episode 18, Homer versus the 18th Amendment, the one where uh, alcohol is banned, uh, prohibition comes in, and they've got Rex Banner, um, the character. Uh, do you know that it's that famous scene? I know you're out there, beer baron, and I will find you. And then Homer just from below, like, no, you won't. <laughs> uh, it's that famous episode of The Simpsons. But uh, would you believe it? I actually chose that episode a couple of days ago and then this morning fucking news talk breakfast the day that we're recording come out with a poll on prohibition so it's well timed so look uh please give uh give uh, an irish simpsons chat show a follow and a listen but uh don't fucking listen to him instead of us now you bastards slant have a good one bruce foresight passed away in 2017 <laughs> What? <laughs> what? This has been a strange snowcast. I can't find the stop recording button. Button. Why are you googling? Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. 
Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.